not our best opening. It was okay. Well, we're we're down a man tonight. Yeah, so down a man. Less, less crackage. Yeah, less crack noises. Less crack. Sometimes yeah. less crack is good. Sometimes less crack is bad. Yeah, Rob, you should have opened two beers. <laughs> Maybe I will. One in each hand. <laughs> I don't know that I have that kind of skill. But Rob, the Olympics are approaching. You got to work on your dexterity. Yeah, you got to bring your skills. True. Up. I got to be ready to watch. Double fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Rob, yeah, let's let's go ahead and kick this off. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode forty-eight of the Bruise Day podcast. I'm Rob, and I'll be hosting for this episode. And I'm joined by Andy and Josh. Hey, guys. Hey, Rob. What's up? And we're missing Wes tonight. He'll be back with us hopefully next week. So for this episode, uh, I think as Andy mentioned, we're going to be focusing on the Olympics because it is right around the corner. And specifically, we're going to be talking about the Beer Olympics since that is definitely... Uh, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Look, I'll be running my own Olympics of how much like beer I can consume while watching the Olympics. <laughs> That's a that's a new event, new sport. That should be that should be the over under for the big board. Cumulative chug is what I'm calling it. <laughs> Actually, I think that might be an event, some volume chug, but we'll get to that in a second. While also staying on the theme of competition, we'll then bring back a very popular segment from a previous episode and do some trivia. At least it's popular amongst us. I'm sure our listeners love it as well. As always, the back half of the episode will feature our big board, the lightning round, and our good, bad, or ugly for the week. So let's drink some beer. Cheers, guys. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Our cheers beer of the week is Cozy Chaos by Ex Novo, courtesy of Andy. Thank you very much. Brew it's- PS. This episode brought to you by <laughs> Brew PS. <laughs> It's a West Coast IPA, 6.9% ABV, 82 IBU, has a rating of 3.94 average with about 1,000 check-ins on untapped. Its beer description is clean West Coast style IPA brewed with one of the greatest top combos of all time, Simcoe and Mosaic. This beer has an assertive bitterness and a light body notes of dank citrus and just a hint of pine. So, Andy, I'm going to go to you first. Give us your thoughts. What do you think of this beer? I mean, I, I will concede that uh, Brew PS delivered this a while back. So it has been sitting on our shelves for a little bit. It's been sitting in my fridge for a long time. Uh, our canned date, at least on the one that I'm drinking, I presume it's around the same date on yours, was March 15th. So we're we're about uh, four months ago. And I'm pleasantly surprised that it still maintains a lot of like kind of what I would consider to be like West Coast IPA features. Um, I actually think the what I'm tasting is pretty spot on to the description. Um, I mean, with Simcoe and Mosaic, you're definitely going to get a lot of like fruit flavors with some kind of earthy and like herby undertones and aromas. And I'm definitely picking that up. I think, Rob, when you mentioned the phrase assertive bitterness, like that really stood out to me as something I'm getting. And I do get a little hint of that pine. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm a big fan of Ex Novo. They're out of Portland, Oregon. I've still not been there yet. I only live like two and a half hours away from Portland. So it's definitely on my list of places to get to. Um, I wish we would have drank this one sooner, but obviously it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, but I, I'm constantly on the lookout for new Ex Novo beer, and uh, I'm really enjoying this so far. And uh, Josh, I'm going to actually throw it over to you. What do you think of this? Andy, I think you nailed it. The the beer description sort of really covers it off for me. I think the hint of pine has been somewhat you know, brought to life, given a little bit more of that malt back it is probably present given the age. Um, but I think it's great. I'm probably slightly biased because I've been drinking a ton of non-IPA style beer, uh, at least over the last couple of weeks. So coming back to a West Coast, which I really love, it does have that like clean, crisp, uh, sort of hoppy taste that honestly I've, I've been missing in, in a lot of what I've been drinking. Um, and, and just from their beer description, you know, the, the hop profile of Simcoe and Mosaic ladders into that description, but, but I think they nailed exactly what they were going for. And, and to your point, I would love to try this a bit 
fresher and, and maybe we can make that happen here in the future. Yeah, I thought seeing that it was 82 IBU and reading that description of assertive bitterness, I thought that this thing was going to be really just, you know, kick you in the mouth, uh, knock you over. Uh, what threw me off was that we're followed up with light body notes of, of dank citrus and hint of pine. It, it's amazing because it is light in color. And I feel like that assertive bitterness, while, while probably spot on, it, it really is not uh, overwhelming and it is uh, quite welcoming. So I think like you guys, I'm enjoying the, the flavor profile of this. I think it's well-balanced and almost a perfect description or a perfect definition of West Coast IPA. Well, Rob, I'll, uh, I'll move us along and get us into the ratings. And since you picked me first, I will go first on a rating. Uh, I'm above a four. I'm a little torn because I want to rate this high, but I also feel like it's probably lost a little bit of its luster right. having just sat for so long and kind of wish I would have bought an extra one and enjoyed a fresh one well before we got to drinking this. Um, I'm probably sitting at like a four one. Yeah, I think I'm a four one. I think if it, if we had gotten it fresh or drank it fresh, I think it would have really popped a lot more and probably boosted my rating. It is a little, Josh, I kind of picked up on what you were saying. You, you get a little bit of that kind of age to it um, that you can pick up on. And so I, I'm sitting at a 4.1. This is not going to make for great content. I was, I was leaning towards the same number as you, Andy, at that 4.1. I think if, if this was fresh and had a bit more of the, the aggressive bitterness that it maybe lost, I think I would, I would probably be much closer to like a 4.2 or even a 4.3. But uh, with the way that we're currently drinking it, it it's sitting around a 4.1. But I would say without focusing too much on that average, I would just say that it's, it's a really great West Coast IPA that if you if you have a chance to get you, you definitely should. Well, I'm gonna continue that and, and also be super boring here. Um, I, I'm also gonna come in right at a 4.1. I think what's interesting though is, Josh, as you just mentioned, it does have a slightly lower average of 3.94. Not that that's terrible. Uh, but not not as high as some other IPAs that we uh, have checked in on on the podcast. I really wonder though if over time, if just how this has changed. So Andy, I might challenge you to pick up a fresh cozy chaos at some point and and just give it a try and just let us know um, where it stands or or how it might differ from from this uh, slightly aged IPA. Rob, that is like a dream assignment. Yeah. Just, oh, that, yeah. Oh, really find, find a fresh beer and drink it and compare yeah. it to the beer you just had. You can challenge me in that capacity any day that we probably with almost, and I will accept that challenge. I'm glad you haven't uh, done that challenge on one of our like OTB episodes. Cause that, <laughs> may, that would probably be the one time that I'm maybe a little less inclined to yeah. uh, jump at a challenge. All right, so let's move on. So as mentioned before, we will be talking about the Beer Olympics tonight in honor of the Summer Olympics, which are right around the corner, or by the time this episode is released, they may have already kicked off. So just a quick summary, or I guess, or maybe a little history on Beer Olympics, which I'm not going to really go into depth on this. I think, you know, over the thousands of years that, or a thousand years that beer has really been out there, I'm sure that there have been competition that has come along with drinking beer, whether it's throwing a rock or running to the other side of town as fast as you can or something of that sort, I'm sure competition and drinking beer have always gone hand in hand. So that is your very uh, accurate history for all of you. But a little bit about International Beer Fest, which I guess you could call it is a sanctioned uh, event or competition usually a, a team competition and features a variety of different games or events. It typically features Olympic-like celebrations, so it'll include uh, an opening ceremony or a medal round or medal ceremony to crown the winners, and usually has some sort of theme involved as well, whether it's country-specific or really following the summer or, or winter Olympics. Uh, there's usually some sort of theme that, that follows that as well. So I guess question for you guys, maybe just uh, to, to open it up a little bit. What are some of the events that you typically see in, in a beer fest or a beer Olympics? 
And I know it, it can really vary um, depending on time of year or you know who's involved or who's hosting it, whether it's a formal event or more of an amateur event. But just curious, uh, some of these are quite obvious, but are there any that uh, you guys would like to call out? Well, Rob, we kind of already touched on one when I mentioned uh, you. Well, you mentioned volume chug when I was talking about a, a cumulative chug competition over the course of the Olympic Games. But I mean, volume chug, just, you know, pure, pure and simple. You're going to load up a lot of beer into a single container. It's going to be a lot more than a single serving. And you're going to see who's going to be able to drink it the fastest. Uh, that's probably, you know, that is one that I would say is synonymous with like every beer competition that you would find out there is a volume chug. Yeah, between between that one, beer pong, which I think the the majority of folks are probably familiar with, and flip cup, I would say those are sort of the three, at least within the college ranks that, that were popular with us. I don't think I've ever done a bat spin before, but I know that a bat spin re- relay uh, typically is also included. Have you guys ever attempted a bat spin before? Without beer, actually, Ooh. yes. That doesn't I've, sound like I've, fun. I've seen it, but never in a form of like a relay. I've right. only seen it as like a more of a singular, like fun competition, not as like teams going up against one another. I mean, you you did see it though in, and I'm just going to bring it up. It's, you know, Beer Fest, the film. That is like, you know, to the stoner comedy, the drunk comedy of just like, you know, really hamming up a like international secretive international beer drinking competition. They do the bat spin relay. I mean, they, they do a lot of like the, the typical games, like the volume chug beer pong, things like that. Flip cup quarters. Like you see, and you know, I just think (laughs) I love that film, by the way, I just think it's hilarious. (laughs) So any, any listener out there can just talk shit to me about it, but I don't care because I love dumb, funny movies and that fits right into the category for me. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. So I think I'm, I'm due to go back and watch it. There you go. So similar to the bat spin, the other one that I'd see, the other one I saw in some of these lists that I have never seen done nor participated in was this waterfall pour drink relay situation. I'm going to assume neither of you have done that either, but I figured I would ask. I have. Yeah, I've never done that. I'm trying to envision it. I I feel like I need to watch a video of this. (laughs) Well, they did it. They, so they do it. They do a version of that in the film where there's just someone basically very high up and they have a pitcher and it's about how much you consume of the pitcher instead. Like you have to consume more of the poor than the other team that's competing against you. But are you standing in like a bucket that catches the rest of it so they can measure it? Like, how are they measuring this? Hopefully like a baby pool magic. It's movie magic, Josh. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) But I would, I would presume that there is some mechanism or some, some order that you have to be able to figure out like what's, what's been short, like chugged, like how much has been chugged or how much has been missed. So I do want to call out, did mention, you know, some of these are, are formal uh, events that are put on by either some sort of group or even breweries or bars, sometimes put on uh, different beer fests or beer Olympics. One that I just wanted to call out that I was reading about recently is the first annual Beer Garden Olympics, which is going to be hosted by the Raleigh Beer Garden. It, it's actually coming up this weekend, so probably after we release this episode. Uh, so sorry to anyone that uh, wants to go, but unfortunately may have missed it. It is teams of four. It's $60 per team, includes one beer per person. It includes events like cornhole, water balloon, dodgeball, trivia, beer pong, and a Steinhold chug flip cup keg carry competition, which all of those sounds like a lot were put together as one of carry event, which sounds like a lot. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys have any other uh, beer fests or beer Olympics you want to call out? Honestly, I hadn't heard about it naturally outside of, of you sort of letting us know that, that this was going to be one of the topics we discussed today. Even in searching it, there were some older articles. There were some places who are going to do some events around the Olympics within a bar or brewery. But I still didn't see a ton of actually like in brewery events where you could participate and, and they were pitting people against each other. 
I think it's cool for the, the people who want to go and, and do it. I just didn't see a ton of it. And I don't know if that has to do more with um, there, there still being concerns around COVID and, and just being as safe as possible versus maybe some of the previous years where it, it was much easier to, to host a large group event like that. Yeah, really the only thing that I could find in, in kind of in the Pacific Northwest uh, in doing some research was I, I see the phrase beer Olympics, but it was actually more around like a competition of beer, like breweries b- brewing a style of beer and, and competing in that way. It's not so much as a drinking game. So may- maybe there is one. If if any uh, listeners out there know of some other ones that we should be on the lookout for, please send them our way, uh, specifically in the uh, Seattle, Dallas, and Phoenix <laughs> metro areas. We will uh, gladly participate. And uh, report back any findings. That's a, well, that's another type of challenge yeah. that we, you know, we're Our willing Olympic to challenge do. Challenge to yeah. the listeners, exactly. Well, this also sounds like potential opportunity. Like maybe, maybe we should be hosting our own event, uh, or you know, bringing people to your backyard and and letting people compete. Sign up, you know, teams of of four and lay out some, some different events and, and get after it. So let me ask you guys this. Do you have any advice for someone looking to host their own beer Olympics? Uh, get a good lawyer would be probably my, <laughs> my very first uh, recommendation. Make sure you know the law and that you have a good lawyer on our side. And Rob, I was going to counter and say, we might need to be looking for a fifth host who is a lawyer if we're going to be trying to uh, put on any of our own competitions. I think probably what you need is you need a, a good enough kind of footprint. You need, you need room. If you're talking relays, you're going to need tables. You need your red solo cups. You're going to need some massive coolers, a whole lot of ice. And uh, probably the two other things you're going to, well, actually three other things you're going to need. You're going to need a whole lot of beer that you're willing to just kind of like, just good, like cheap lager style beers that are easy to go down. You can buy a whole ton of them. You need really good people. You need people who are like willing to compete, who got that competitive spirit. And then you see some good tunes. Like you're going to need music. Like that is going to help the environment and it's going to make it a really enjoyable experience. I mean, Andy had a million points there and I think they were all great and would, would pretty much cover you for an event. The one small thing I would add it is we just listed off some of the types of events that are super popular. I would suggest throwing in one wild card. It can be some crazy crap you came up with. It could be some other game you found that isn't closely associated with this, but I think you want that wild card factor of, of people coming in and being thrown off by some other type of event that you've thrown into the, the mix. I'm going to throw one more out there. You need awards. That's a good one. People yeah. are all about the medals. It can the be Olympic a medals. award. And yeah, exactly. Still fight for it. it. You need something to reward the winners, whether it's by event or you know overall program. You need some sort of trophy or medal for the winners, and not for everyone. Yeah, no, not for everyone. Everyone else's reward is participating in drinking the beer. You can give everyone else an award. It just has to be like the loser award or something <laughs> like that. Maybe like a paper plate award. Yeah. All right, I've got one final question before we move on. And that is, you know, we covered a few of the different beer games that people that that are typically included in in a beer Olympics or a, a beer fest. Would you advocate for any of those, I'll call them sports, to be added to either the summer or winter Olympics? I'm going to say quarters. Because I think that takes a lot more skill than just drinking beer. Very much like makes me think of darts to some degree. Like it's that type of like very like precision. You need precision. You need just like a lot of dexterity, just like very good hand-eye coordination and like meticulous practice and skill to be really good at it. Uh, And then obviously the drinking part is, you know, bonus also included. But (laughs) I think if there was going to be one, it would be quarters. I honestly don't think any of these games should be included in the Olympics. If I was going to include one, I do think there is, uh, similar to what Andy was talking about in quarters, there would be a certain skill to beer pong at a certain distance. 
And I think you could find the right people who would sort of, there, there would be some bit of fascination to watch people throw a, ball, a ping pong ball at like double table distance who are super good at it, which kind of already exists in Las Vegas if you want to watch the World Cup of beer pong. It does. Yeah. And I, I, I also watched a lot of, uh, or I don't even know if I didn't watch it, but I it definitely saw that it was, it was on TV, the cornhole championships oh, yeah. on ESPN not long ago, uh, surprised me, but also I think made me realize that, you know, even some events that we could be playing in our backyard can also be played at a very competitive, yeah. uh, arena as I well. mean that's what the Ocho was founded upon just picked <laughs> yeah. all the backyard sports and find people who are really good at it and put it on TV you know this just came to me and, and I am just shocked that it hasn't yet but it's probably the single the lone beer drinking activity that is actually the closest to any of the Olympic events but the beer mile like the beer mile is the is the closest to an Olympic event that you have. Like you have basically like the, what the 1500, like the almost the one miler. So I would say uh, I'm going to replace quarters. I do. I think it's still a good event that could, could land in the Olympics, but the beer mile, cause all you're really doing is you're adding some liquid to it. I do. I still think this is current. Uh, I just looked it up because I, I sort of remember it back in like 2015, 2017, uh, dude named Corey did set the world record for the beer mile at four minutes and 33 seconds. So it's like, it's still legitimate running. There's just the increase of a lot of volume in your, in your stomach while you're doing it. And he's not, he's only like 45 seconds off the world record. The world right. like it's record not mile that time yeah. is like three minutes and 43 seconds. <laughs> So the beer mile is even more impressive then. Exactly. Cause you yeah. have to drink a beer while, while you're moving. <laughs> is there like a spill penalty? I believe there is a spill penalty. You know, the like speed walkers in the Olympics where they throw a yellow flag at you for like one heel, like up in the air, that should be, as soon as you have one drop, they throw the flag at you, but a second drop, you get hit with the red card. And you're just out. Yeah. It's like three strikes and you're out. Yeah. Or yellow card, red card. I like the yellow card, red card idea. I feel like they should throw another beer at you. Like your penalty oh, is you've you got to drink hit, more. You just get hit with You a have beer. to drink a fifth beer. It's a to-go beer. You get to, you get to run with it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. And as I mentioned in the introduction here, we are going to be doing some trivia tonight. So saddle up, boys. I've got uh, a few questions for you guys. I hope you are prepared I did pull a few different questions in, I'll say, a few different categories. So the three different categories are going to be recent beer news. The second is general beer knowledge or just some fun facts. And then I've got a third category, which is just podcast related, which I'm sure all of our listeners will get this one correct. So I'm hoping you guys will as well. So Rob, we're just gonna like edit out all the extra time it takes Josh and I to Google these answers right. correctly. Like, <laughs> we're just gonna 100%. we're gonna get everything correct. We're just gonna edit out. Got to boot up the second tablet to. <laughs> oh, no. I am I am keeping tabs on you guys. We are. I want rapid rapid answers. Just throw them out as soon as you. I think you're gonna know these. Look, Rob, so, I'll just speak really slowly and I'll just say my <laughs> answer is, and then I'll just start typing furiously, and you can cut it there, and then I'll just say. Boom, answer, and I'll get it correct. And you can just, you know, chop out that middle part. All right. Well, as long as it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. So first question. After the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, which brewery collected the ice to brew a limited edition beer? Coors. Yeah. Bingo. Yes. Bonus question. What is the beer called? Oh, Coors Ice. Champions Ice or something? Champions Ice. Ding, wow. ding, ding. Oh, Andy, yes. Well done. All right. Andy, I'm, I'm impressed. Well done. Second question. What brewery recently announced a beer-infused ice cream? Ooh. Oh, I feel like I don't think really, I heard like, about I don't think I read about this one. They are based out of Green Bay. Green Bay? Uh... I feel like it's, I felt like it would be like, I feel like it would be like a larger, 
craft brewery, but Green Bay is such a small area. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're so Badger State Brewing Company just announced that they are coming out with a beer infused ice cream. And it's really it was really a way to try to get more people in the door just by having something unique and very different. Yeah. But I will say alcoholic. Yeah, it will be alcoholic. Uh, Andy, to that point, though, to your point, Dogfish Head also came out with a, a beer infused or alcoholic ice cream, and it's based off their one of their hazies. So it's Dogfish Head's Hazy O ice cream, which is actually a 5% ABV. I don't know if hazy would be the right style of beer to make an ice cream from. Yeah, that I feel like the stout's me. the way to go. Stout or even like a sour and make it into like a sorbet. But yeah, yeah. hazy seems weird. What's it the does... Badger State flavor? Did, did you, were you able to find that out? So they haven't released what flavor yet. They're actually planning on releasing a different or new flavor every single week. I, I've heard of beer floats and I have personally tried a beer float with like a Coors Light one time. It wasn't great, but did it, to just try it, I imagine a Guinness or any other kind of stout is going to be much better. But I, I just can't fathom other than stout, like beer flavored ice cream. <laughs> so it, it feels like a good challenge. I've got an ice cream maker and I feel like, you know, Rob and I, we, we need to get together and uh, see if we can, we can pull off a beer ice cream. Maybe like a smoothie haze, like a, like a milkshake hazy IPA, like something just, you know, almost like something from like the brewery, like what they do. A lot of times they do some like weird flavors stuff for Omnipolo. So do they out of Sweden. They do a lot of weird flavors. I think maybe that could work, but I think you would need a decent amount of dairy to like make it even creamy enough. Right. All right. Well, let's, let's move on. So question number three, what did Ty Tuavasa chug beer out of to celebrate the knockout victory over Greg Hardy in their heavyweight bout in UFC 264. Wasn't it an Air Jordan? Like a basketball shoe? It was a shoe. I don't know if it was an Air Jordan, but it was a shoe. It was a shoe. I don't know if it was... Gotta do the old, the old shoe chug. It, it was a Nike shoe. I, I don't believe right. it was an Air Jordan. Close enough. All right, Andy, I, you, you clearly won the recent yeah. beer news. Andy's taking cr- two crushing. Out of- Two out of three, plus you got the bonus. So I'll Uh, give you two and a half. I do have a tendency to just kind of like scour the internet every once in a while and just like come across things. And literally what stood out to me was like, I was thinking of like when you said someone like recently like drank out of something, I was like, I had seen someone like a fighter drinking out of a shoe in a picture. Like I didn't even like know the context. Don't even know who it was, but that picture just like jumped at me. Well, let's see if that helps you in this next category, which is our general beer knowledge or fun facts. I'm fucked in this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say, Kurt, this is these three questions are courtesy of ultimatequizquestions.com. They've got right. a 2021 beer quiz questions. Uh, are that they a new I sponsor? Highly recommend. They uh, might be sponsoring sure. us tonight. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. In kind sponsorship. Yeah, Probably not. In kind. <laughs> Maybe they'll feature us in their 2022 beer quiz. All right. So question number one in the USA, and I will ask you both to give an answer and whoever's closest will win in the USA. How many gallons of beer does a barrel hold? Oh, it's like Uh, 30 gallons. I think it's like 54. 31. Josh, very close. Well done. They should make bigger barrels. Spillage, yeah, they're not big enough. Spillage, yeah. <laughs> okay, question number two. Brewmeister's Snake Venom claims to be the strongest beer in the world. What percentage ABV is it? 35. Yeah, I thought it was like 40. It's actually 67.5%. Oh, no. I don't feel like that's real. I don't I don't think any of you deserve to get can, this one. Can you correct. say that number one more time? 67.5%. Yeah. Oh, that is like <laughs> yeah, it's not. Oh, it can't be. That that's like 151 basically. Like that's yeah. insane. It's insane. I would not challenge anyone to drink this. I mean, you 
you have to drink you it could. like it's a shot, right? You you can't drink it like it's a beer. I I think you're right. I think this is yeah, uh, a small one ounce shot only. Oh my lord, that is all right. We don't want that. Okay. All right. So moving on to question three. How many gallons does the average adult 21 and over drink annually in the United States? How many gallons? There's 128 ounces in a gallon, which is like 10 cans, like a little bit over 10 cans. I'm definitely, I think we're definitely above the average. Yeah, <laughs> as a group, we definitely consume more beers on average than uh, probably the others throughout the country. Um, I'm gonna say 15 gallons of beer per year. Ooh. I'm trying to do some math in my head here. I feel like Josh yeah, is I'm... trying to type and look up the answer. No, I'm Cheating. trying to. I'm trying to do ounces back. You, you worked it all the way back, and I came up with an answer in ounces, and I'm trying to do the math to get back to gallons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like 10, 10 gallons. And Andy, what was your, your guess? I said 15. 15. So the answer is 28.2 gallons, which is the equivalent of approximately one six-pack per week. That's on average? Average That's across on... a drinkers or average across all Americans? 21 average plus. adult 21 and over drink drinkers. So that includes people who just don't drink. That's a lot of alcohol. That's a lot. Smaller maybe percentage not... of the United States. Yeah, maybe we're not. We're closer to the average people. than I thought we'd be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought we would exceed it. We. What are these we... other people doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that average includes people who don't drink anything for an entire year. It's, wow. It's high. So okay. Much more poorly on this one. Josh won the Josh, I'm one. giving you the uh, general beer knowledge victory on this one. I, so we I do guess. have a I do have a tiebreaker. Okay. And it is a pod one question that is podcast related. So this is our 48th podcast that we are recording recording here. What date did we release our first episode? September 15th of 2020. I Josh? have no idea. So I'm going to say August 1st of 2020 and just copy Andy's. All right. It was June 22nd, 2020. Oh. <laughs> Josh, Andy, I, I think thought, we were, the I thought we were later. <laughs> Dang it. Josh Price is right at me. Yeah. I'm just, I had no idea. So I literally just chose the other side of, of one of your answers. I probably should have thought about that more before I said September. Cause it's like, let's try to count the weeks between what I just said and where we are right now. And I don't think, uh, I don't even think, I think there were like under 48 weeks between the date I said and where <laughs> we are now. So we did have a couple mini episodes out there though. Oh yeah. Those. Yeah. But that was still like, they were separated by a week. That's so true. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for playing along, guys. I think you uh, you did fairly well, um, given that some of those weren't the easiest questions. Quarantine got me twisted. Yeah, mm-hmm. quarantine got you twisted. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our unique beers of the week. Thank you for checking out the Bruise Day podcast. We got some big news. We are sunsetting our at the Bruise Day Instagram account. So for more content or to leave a comment, follow us on Twitter at the Bruise Day and on Instagram at the Bruise Day Review, where we post daily beer photos and reviews. All right, now back to the show. That's I can do. <laughs> Just make up some sound. Yeah. Oh, Josh, that was a cool crack. Oh, yeah. Great job. Great torque on that twist there, Josh. Thank you. All right. We are back with our unique beers of the week. I think Josh should go first because he only had to twist his beer open. Yeah. I think I had to pour call. a lot of ounces. Yeah, Josh, I think, I think we're going to start with you. Okay. All right. So this week I am drinking a queen to be. It's by Turning Point Beer out of Bedford, Texas. Uh, it's a 9.2% ABV. They did not list the IBU. 
Uh, there are 2,000 check-ins and it's hovering around a 4.12 average for those folks who did check it in. Um, this is a beer they did in collaboration with their friends at Sydney Wells. Um, and they did it in honor of Pride Week. So what they did was they took their tr uh, one of their more traditional double IPAs and loaded it up with strawberry. And I don't know if you guys can see it, but it, it does have this like very strawberry color to it, uh, which typically even when I see fruit introduced to IPAs, usually you don't pick up as much color, I feel like. And, and this one, they, they did a ton of it. I'm still sipping on it. The initial sip definitely had some of that strawberry coming through, but it wasn't in that overpowering way where you don't feel like you taste the beer. Um, I'm going to give this a few more sips, but I'm going to throw it over to you, Rob, and, and see what you're drinking. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking Focal Banger, an IPA wow. by The Alchemist. Yeah, so I'm bringing, a, I guess, another maybe whale to, the, uh, to this episode. Debatable. But debatable. I will agree with that. And I will explain why here. Um, I have had a few sips, but I will explain why in a second. For those that may not know it, it's a 7% ABV, 90 IBU, has an untapped average of 4.42 with 144,000 ratings. It is brewed with Citra and Mosaic hops. On Beer Advocate, it is number 20 on their ranking. So it's certainly up there. Now, we all had Hetty Topper on a previous episode. I rated Hetty Topper a 4.7. I am following the instructions, and I am drinking this out of the can. And there are plenty of reminders all over this can that it, you should drink from the can and not pour it into a glass. I will be pouring the back half of this into a glass just to see it, but I am following the directions uh, as stated. I, this thing is super fresh. The brewer definitely reminds everybody you need to drink it as fresh as possible. Uh, as he noted in his uh, description, if you wait until tomorrow, you could be dead. It's kind of moral, but okay. True. It is true though. You, you never know. Uh, it, I'll be honest though. I, I think it's really fresh. I think it's really well balanced. It has some really uh, clean taste. It's it's not too uh, bitter or piney, uh, and has just a, a really well balanced taste in my in my mind. I I don't feel like this is as good as Hetty Topper. I gave Hetty Topper a four point seven. The average on this is four point four. I'm probably around the 4.4 or even slightly less than that. And maybe be coming in around a 4.3. Uh, it's a great beer. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as good as the heady topper, at least from what I remember. Yeah, Rob, I can, I can sort of add to that. I was able to get my hands on a decent amount of both of those beers while I was in Colorado. Um, you know, focal bank, heady topper is sort of in a league of its own. There's a fresh bitterness that, that is really tough to beat. Focal Banger to me came across, there was more bitterness, but I didn't get as many hops. And for that reason, I think I had given Focal Banger a 4.5 and Heady Topper a 4.9. So it sounds like you're coming even a little bit south of that, but your flavor profile and, and the reason for doing it seems like it, it might be in, in the same vein. Yeah, yeah. Now, like I said, I will pour this into the glass for the second half just to see if that opens anything mm, up. Against the rules. I know it is, but I think I did it with <laughs> Hetty Topper as well. The, the smell, the aromas are, are right in line with the taste, which I do, I do enjoy that. So when you pop the can and, and you take a whiff, it, when you taste it, it's going to be right in line with, uh, with, with what you smell as, when you immediately open it. All right, Andy, over to you. You've had some time now to really enjoy your beer. What do you've got? What do you have for us tonight? Well, I'm enjoying a beer that is uh, was canned much more recently than our earlier beer. This was canned on May 25th. I'm drinking a tomorrow is today. So, Rob, it kind of plays into your your little note about you could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> um, I don't really know how they go together, but, you know, same, similar themes. <laughs> there, so we'll, just, we'll just ride that wave a little bit longer. This. Tomorrow is today is considered a bold IPA uh, by the brewer, which is Single Hill Brewing out of Yakima, Washington. They use the term bold to just say that it's like a 
bold in its characteristics and showcasing the characteristics of the hops in the recipe. To me, it's kind of like a hazy. I don't know if you can kind of see it. It's pretty murky in the glass and it's a little blurred out in my <laughs> Zoom camera. <laughs> you can't see it's it's a triple X rated uh, beer in the yeah, glass. Exactly. I, can't, I can't show you the label. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's crisp, it's smooth, it's cold. As a 7.1% ABV, 40 IBU. So that kind of leads me a little bit more into thinking it is more of a hazy that are starting to go down that, that road with a lower IBU as a 3.93 average on untapped with 377 ratings. The hop pro, uh, recipe is, is consists of Laurel, Mosaic, and Econaut. And it uh, the description says, says that those hops lend to a kind of bright aroma of mango, cantaloupe, and strawberries. I don't really get the strawberries, but I do get kind of like a, a light but bright citrus flavor and kind of fruit flavors with kind of some earthy undertones to it. I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, Josh, similar to, to your beer that you're drinking today. Um, they released this kind of in early June, as I mentioned, my kind of late May candidate, but this was part of their kind of, you know, homage and, and celebration of, of pride month, which is June, but in kind of in the Seattle area, it's been celebrated more so more recently just because the state's been opening up kind of at the end of June. So um, I'm really enjoying this so far. I'm going to drink a little bit more and, and get a rating. So uh, Josh, I'm going to throw it back to you to, to turn around a rating. Mine is honestly really interesting. I'm, I might actually talk about it a, a tiny bit more uh, bef before I give that rating is it, it starts with really fresh strawberry and right off the bat, you're sort of worried it's going to be this, this strawberry mess, but it quickly changes over from this fresh strawberry to a malt slash like hop kick at the end where you can definitely tell that there's 9.2%. It's not harsh in any way, but you can tell that it's a higher percent ABV. It's this really refreshing move from a, a fresh fruit to a double IPA, which I, I don't feel like you get very often. Uh, I'm loving it. The, the 4.12 average is, is, is probably really telling. And, and I think right around, around par, just because of that freshness to heavy double IPA transition that, that I find really interesting to, to drink. I'm, I'm leaning more towards like a four, three or four, four, even it, it's really good. And I, I, I'm really interested to, to finish the, the pint. So uh, the more that I've gotten into this, the more I'm picking up on some of the sweetness from the fruit flavors that it mentions in the descriptions. And obviously Laurel, Mosaic, and Econaut, they they bring a lot of kind of citrus and, and kind of fruit aromas and flavors to the beer. Uh, I am really enjoying this. It's kind of interesting because this, although, you know, it is a little bit shy of two months old. Uh, this one, but it's, it's a kind of noticeable that there's just a freshness in this, in this beer compared to the ex Nova that we had. It just yeah. kind of, you just loot. It just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like, I, I don't know what the term is. It's like, it's not flat because it's still carbonated. It's, it's just, a, it's like almost like a dulling of the freshness, which is not as fresh. Yeah. There, uh, there's a presence to beer that we're having right now versus that ex Nova where you're, you're the hops are, are, having a greater presence in this beer that are, are more forward facing than something that, that is a bit more unfortunately aged like the Ex Novo is, is still a great beer, but you can tell the difference between the fact that we, we sort of sat on one for five months versus I think what we all just had, which was, which was much more fresh and, and ready to go. Yeah. I like the, I like your use of the word presence and it's it definitely, I, I'm, I'm getting a more present hop flavor and aroma from this. I really fucking enjoy this beer. I'm giving it, I'm actually going to bump it. I wrote 4.3, but I'm giving it a 4.4. I really enjoy Ooh, this beer. Like Mad props to Single Hill for, for putting this one out. I have been close to Single Hill, have not been there yet, but that's on my list to get back to in the state of Washington. Gotta love the pride beers keeping up with Focal Bank. It's a good sign. That is a good sign. Well, Washington makes great beer. There's a lot of good breweries out here. <laughs> not, not to toot the state's horn, but I will. Yeah, you should. And I'm, I'm well, looking forward to yeah, we're where all the hops are coming from, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, we, we better toot that horn. <laughs> yeah, technically, almost every beer in the U.S. is a Washington beer. 
because of the hops. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess uh, origins. Yeah, that yeah. seems like a really good uh, subject to debate later. Yeah, we, we could talk about that in a future episode. <laughs> Is every beer a Washington beer? Yes or no? And I'll just close it out. I think I already mentioned uh, where I was rating wise, 4.3, 4.4. I think I'm going to close this out at a 4.4, uh, which is right around actually where the average is, but I do enjoy it. I poured it into the glass. I'll be honest. I like it in the glass too. I did go back and confirm it, this was canned on uh, about two months ago. So in early May. So I, I do feel like I might be on the back end of uh, its, its life at this point. All right. Well, now that we're done with ratings, let's, let's move on to a, the big board, which is actually going to be the first big board of this new season so at this very moment we are all tied at zero yeah uh, hope, oh hope fresh start my friends we're fresh all in first place start in golf rules we're all in first we're all in last that's right this, this is just like rob as a pittsburgh pirates fan this must be a very familiar feeling like that you that you have hope on day one and then it gets immediately dashed out oh yeah day opening day it is like the greatest <laughs> feeling of all time and then as the season goes on it just progressively gets worse and worse. However, we uh, the Pirates picked up some really great draft picks this year, and uh, we're really building that pipeline. I just yeah. hope we don't trade them all away. And then, and then trade them all away for absolutely nothing. Yeah, there's probably a few other teams like across sports, like the Maple Leafs, the Browns. It's like, this is our year, and it just doesn't ever seem to be... All right, so for the first big board of the season, we're obviously, we should stick to the Olympics since that's been the general theme throughout the episode. We are going to be doing something, a sport or calling a sport that we all know very well, which is water polo. So on July 24th, water polo, women's water polo kicks off. We are going to call the first four games, which are going to feature two games from Group A, and two games from Group B. So the four games are Japan versus the U.S. Everyone better choose wisely on that one. However, it is home team versus... Yeah, exactly. This is... Without uh, spectators. With no without spectators, spectators though. And no alcohol. <laughs> they have to sleep in their own bed. Come on. That's Do true. they, though? I, I, feel I, like I don't know. I think they have to stay in the Islamic village. Ooh. That's I think everyone's got to go to the Olympic Village for security and safety purposes. Josh, I feel like you would know. You're the Olympic expert here. Really, I'm not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so game two is Canada versus Australia. Game three is South Africa versus Spain. And great game four is China versus, do we call them the Rock? The Russian the, Olympic Committee? The Committee? Rock. I feel like Rock is way cooler. You could call them Russian Olympic Committee as like their their banner flag, but calling them the Rock is pretty cool. It is cool. Rock Not that we're going to be cheering for the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> However, it is. I, I, I do agree. I think we're going to call them the Rock. So you got to choose the winner for each all four games. The tiebreaker is going to be total goals across all four games. So, Rob, you have a tough decision to make because we didn't talk about it. We are missing a person. They sent through their picks already, and I have not looked at the tiebreaker. We are going to start with Wes first. Okay. Wes sent in his picks. We're gonna he's going first. We are Josh, because you finished second in the last season, you're gonna be going second. Andy, right. you will be going third, uh, as you finished third last season. And because I finished dead last, which I don't want to harp on that too long. I will uh, I will provide my picks forth. You're welcome to harp. Like you just harp away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Wes's picks, and I'll just run through those real quick. He he stuck with the US. We would have uh, voted him off the podcast permanently if he chose otherwise. Uh, second pick, Canada. He also took Spain. That's and, a bold pick, by the way. And the rock. Which which pick is bold, Andy? Canada over Australia. I think that's a bold pick. All right. Maybe total, that gives away where I was leaning, but yeah. His tiebreaker for total goals across all four games, 66. So Josh, we're going to throw this over to you. You not only know Wes's picks, but you now have a little insight to where Andy's thinking. I, I do have a slight advantage. I, I sort of already had these picks in mind as soon as you, you came off the bat. 
Andy mentioning that uh, that that Canada is somewhat of an underdog pick. I, I like them to to win uh, out of this first round. Um, so I am actually going to mimic Wes's picks. I had U.S., Canada, Spain, and Rock, as we're going to call them. Uh, but I do believe that the scoring is going to be a decent amount higher. I was significantly above the 66, which made me somewhat nervous, and I brought it down a little bit to a 75 number, which I feel like is, is even still a little bit low, but the, but that's what I'm going to stick to. All right. Well, uh, Josh, I uh, I think you made a smarter decision in going higher than 66. I mean, if you look at some of the more recent games that have been played, like there's some high score matches. I mean, so, there might be some nerves early on, but I, I don't think it's going to be the extent of, you know, 66 goals. I think it's, it's going to be significantly higher than that. Well, I'm obviously going next. So I'm picking the U S and as I kind of alluded to uh, around the Canada, Australia match based off Wes's pick. And now Josh, your pick, I'm picking Australia. We know people that have played for Australia. So find that a little offensive to the people we know that you have picked against the country that they have represented. Are you taking offense offense no, or you're Andy, taking offense Andy, on their behalf? On, on like their that. behalf. Andy's going to text the entire Australian <laughs> Olympic team that we picked against them just the, to get them to knock the out three Canada. people that I've ever met that have played for their team that probably actually only one of them is playing right now that we you don't even met. need to text them when they listen to this episode they're yeah, gonna they're, lose they're their gonna shit. know man <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send our mixtape around the olympic village because <laughs> that's how we release our episodes yes. yeah olympic village first oh this mixtape so the spain south africa one i am torn because yeah, we tough. know people that play for south africa and have made the team um i don't know anyone that has made the team for spain so i'm like leaning towards like choosing south africa but i don't you know what i'm gonna ride the lightning i'm riding the lightning i'm going south africa all right ryan would be proud of me yes or 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 probably not our previous head coach would would be would be proud that you selected them but he would also give you shit that you selected them yes he would yeah and i'm going china because i feel like with china having hosted like a more recent olympics like they have definitely bolstered their program and they just yeah they pump the money into it so I'm, I'm going with china and josh i'm definitely going higher than you i mean just having checked some of the more recent scores i'm going i'm going 99 on the tiebreaker i mean my my original number before i backed down was going to be in the 80s so i i don't think your 99 is is a crazy number i just mentally backed myself down seeing that 66 felt like i, I needed to play the middle a bit more yeah, you're playing the game, not playing like you're trying to be more correct than you are trying to just beat Rob or beat Wes, I guess. But Rob now has seen all of these numbers. There's a lot of gap room. He can't easily over under anybody. So I, I would love to hear your picks. Rob. I feel like he's just going to pick 98. <laughs> 98 or yeah, I, 98 seems like a good number. Well, let me just run through it real quick. So I am taking the U.S. over Japan. I'm going to fall in line there. I am going to follow Andy, maybe not for the same reasons, but I am taking Australia over Canada. Spain versus South Africa is the one that I really debated. Mm -hmm. I am going to stick with Spain in line with Wes and Josh, uh, but I am going to be taking The Rock, uh, which I guess is also in line with Wes and Josh. That really puts my tiebreaker in... I don't know, kind of a unique, it's not as necessary for me to price as right anyone. I don't we, we've think. Tied, we've tied under more bizarre circumstances. Yeah. So I, I would still take your tiebreaker seriously if I yeah. were you. I, I figured you were just going to throw like a Sidney Crosby number out there. <laughs> One. <laughs> Actually, now that you say that, maybe I should just do a Sidney oh. Crosby and go straight. <laughs> 87. <laughs> so All good. right. Yeah, I love I love that. I, I am yep, we're going 87. It's I played on Olympics. There's a tie. I initially had 70 written down. And then when Josh threw out that 75, I I you know tweaked it up a little bit. I brought it to an 80. I then brought it to an 83. You guys talked me into an 87, and I will take it. So but you've I'll, selected against his country, so he's not going to call you on your next birthday. Right? Ooh, yeah, he, that's he basically, not happening. You're yeah. basically saying Canada's not going to win. 
Yeah, this is how I ended up dead last in last season, <laughs> and uh, it's I'm I'm a little worried about. Uh, you gotta go back to just picking the odds, here. Rob. You gotta choose yeah. sports that there's odds available. You gotta pick those odds. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll try that next season after uh, next season. Going. The, yeah. yeah good, I'll yeah. go through a losing season here, then I'll I'll get back to my roots. All right. Well, let's move on to the lightning round. So for this lightning round. We are going to do a beer in hand Olympic sport. So I'm going to give each of you two options. You have to select one of the Olympic sports that I give you. Whatever sport you select, you will be competing in this event with a, as I mentioned, a beer in hand during the entire event. Make sense? Pretty simple. I have a yep. stupid question. Is it only me with a beer? Everyone else is doing their normal thing or does everyone have to have? A oh, beer? you're the only one. Okay. And, and we're national television broadcasts everywhere. And I just happen to bring my beer along. Oh yes. Oh, good. Good. That's you right. get a special exemption from the <laughs> IOC. Okay. <participating>. We all <laughs> do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Special dispensation. Andy for you. Awesome. I'm glad I'm going first. I have selected sport climbing. Okay. And trampoline. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going trampoline because I don't have to use my hands in trampoline. Yeah. If in sport climbing, I'm not, there's no chance of even succeeding. (laughs) I'm choosing, I'm choosing trampoline and I'm choosing the vessel. I'm choosing a can of beer because if I'm flipping around, Centrifugal force is going to keep the beer in the can so I can still compete while consuming. Brilliant. Brilliant. I also, I mean, I don't, my first thought was, well, I'm drinking a Coors Light while doing it because uh, <laughs> I'm drinking the lightest lager Pilsner I can find, like a super session IPA or something like very low alcohol content so that I'm not. Something refreshing. Uh, yeah, keep refreshing. the mountains cold. And uh, doesn't make me puke on the judges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, for you, I've got artistic swimming or okay. BMX freestyle. Wow. Artistic swimming primarily has, there's a lot of like underwater activity that has to take place. Unless yeah, you but know, you like, could hold your lightest. hand above. I, I guess I guess you could hold it up, but I, I feel like that's top on the be, bottle, dude. It, it it's going to yep. be too tough. I would just sort of ride my bike around with one hand as I like sort of perfected in college and just like slowly cruise around with my cool bike and just go for like style. Just like cruise up and down and like lean back and like sip the beer, like wink at the judges, like, like just try to get as many points as I can for like the style that I would bring to riding a regular bicycle around. I can't wait till the camera just zooms in and you just winking constantly. I'm not even riding a BMX bike. I'm going to ride like a cruiser, like a beach cruiser. <laughs> oh, like it, at this point, yeah, like it, it, like it doesn't matter. So I might as well like bring as much style to it as I possibly could. With the slowest time ever in the Olympics. Yeah. Josh, just like, yeah, all with style a beer points. in hand. Yeah. People would Representing the United around. States of America. Or maybe disgracing the like United American States of America. American flag cape. Yeah, like the whole yeah, you gotta you gotta go all in on on style points for for something like that. All right, Rob, you you picked a lot of things that we already had. I'm gonna gonna sort of pick from from some of my backup options. The first one that I'm going to give to you is canoe racing, because I feel like that yeah, that would slalom. probably be yeah that that would be be somewhat difficult. And the the other one I'm gonna throw out to you is wrestling. Oh boy. Oh, that gets slippery. Yeah. <laughs> Although you could like pocket sand and like shoot the beer out of the like, Pocket sand your phone. I'm Come going on. with canoeing because at least I'm going to be outdoors. I'm going to be on, on a body of water. It, it basically boat day. It's yeah. quite uh, water <laughs> rafting, man. I'm just boat yeah, day just Olympic like, edition. Yeah, you could just <laughs> slam into a rock. And you know, I, at least I can really focus on the beer. Whereas sure. if I'm wrestling, yeah, there's a lot someone could on. be flipping me around. That yeah, beer could just on the cost. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really worried about staying alive. Would but, you do one tiny paddle in one hand and go back and forth? Or would you still do the two hand? I think I've got to do one. I think I'm going beer left hand, 
paddling right hand. Okay. So just circle. And I'm just, just doing circles. Circle. I'm just doing this. I'm crossing left. I'm crossing over my body I to paddle. It. Oh, that's, that's I'm so tiring I, for your right hand. Yeah, it sounds well, I'll probably switch hands. <laughs> Maybe that's like a more of like a chug beer so you can get it done and then you like just a beer hat. Going. Oh no. Yeah, like oh, so one of the hat. rules was you have to be beer in hand during the entire event. The entire event. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're probably gonna crash. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least, like I said, I mean, the water's body moving. Water. Yeah, the water's moving in one direction, so he's going to go shallow. the direction. I think I just need to steer. <laughs> oh, yeah, just put it behind you. <laughs> yep, just, yeah, just run a little rudder <laughs> as I'm chugging. <laughs> yeah, chug it and then throw it and then use both hands. I don't know if that's against the rules. That's another option. You know, we really didn't define rules. Yeah, no, there's, we, there's we no didn't. doubt we're going to be kicked out of the We're not going to be in the Olympics for very long. No. Oh, he we got will special dispensation from the IOC to compete with beer in hand. True. We will be no doubt the most popular people in Olympic Village, yeah, though. 100%. After this is done. Yeah. Do you think we'll have any copycats? No, but I, I think we would get voted to like carry the flag at the end. Like we would be like oh, the, the closing ceremony the, flag yeah, Closing ceremony, like MVP is like you with the flag with a beer. I bet we the only one who awesome sponsors. Well, some beer company is going to pay you a whole lot of money to carry their beer in the closing ceremonies. That's right. All right. We got to move past this. Let's move on to our good, bad, or the ugly for the week. Josh, I'm going to start with you. What do you got for us? Man, I've got two good. So over the last couple of weeks, I have moved back to the Dallas area. So I am uh, back local with Rob uh, with a ton of beer selection that I have not previously had available to me. Uh, so I, I've been enjoying just getting out there and, and seeing what I have missed uh, in, in terms of the, the larger beer distributions. And my other good, which I believe I shared with you all a couple of days ago, is I have finally graduated to the point of owning a small beer fridge. Um, and honestly, I'm loving it. it. gives me a nice little special place that I can keep all the beer. I can see it throughout the day. And it just gives me some motivation to enjoy a couple of extra beverages in the evening. As if you needed any motivation. <laughs> now I have more. Like it's it's right there. Like I can we're even gonna finish this, and I'm gonna be like, oh man, there's some really good beer. I think being able to see one. through the door is the motivation. Like oh, if yeah, you had just 100%. like a mini fridge that was just like you know a, no. like opaque solid door. There's yeah. a light, just yeah, so I can light. shine it in case I can't see it well enough. It, it illuminates. Should... How do you work during the day with that kind of hard? It's hard illumination. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta wear sunglasses in the room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and blur my background for professional uh yeah. Reasons. Maybe, maybe don't put the beer map on that back wall. Maybe put it on like a Ooh, side wall. Are you sure? <laughs> got, the, the beer cap map is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's, map it of should, America. It should really be close to the the refrigerator. I agree, but you I, I mean just held it during the day. <laughs> right next <laughs> held it. Yep. Just uh, so adding to it. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's going on over here. Uh, Rob, as I have uh, moved back into your area, what uh, what is your good, bad, or ugly? So I've got I've got really two goods. One is that uh, well, so I missed the last episode because I was on vacation. But the good that came out of that was, it was a great. It was a great. I made it to Treehouse, and it was well worth it. Uh, picked up quite a bit of beer, not only for the vacation, but was able to share some with all of you as well. That's so the other great. Enjoy. Uh, my fridge definitely has a few uh, Treehouse beers in it right now, and I'm very much looking forward to, to enjoying some of those. The other good is that Josh is now back in the Dallas area. We got to play a round of golf already. We enjoyed a few beers together, uh, and I'm looking forward to many more beers uh with my good friend josh i feel like that's like almost like cheating ahead of our upcoming golf adventure beer weekend i know we're we, probably not gonna we be on played, the same team but the way we played golf together was not promising but i think we've both sort of improved since then so it's that that's the good news i guess it was horrendous we played in the rain <laughs> to, <laughs> to be fair to us it was pouring that's that's Dallas weather. Honestly, if that helped our game, then we are really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Andy, over to you. Well, uh, my great is that I had three treehouse beers delivered from 
uh, Rob had them sent over to me. So I'm ecstatic that I now get to try Treehouse and maybe might make a future appearance on the podcast. And those were picked up from the, uh, well, I think I pronounced it sandwich location. (laughs) As I uh, came to find out or was uh, was picked up whenever talking to some locals, they the locals pronounce it sandwich. 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 They mean the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty close. Yeah. Beautiful location, though. Uh, they're really still doing kind of a, a dry opening or not really a dry opening, but I, I guess like a test open where they're, they're only doing to go beers at this point. So you, you do have to go on the website and day of uh, reserve, not only the beers, but your time of when you're going to pick up the beers, you cannot buy any merchandise or beers on site. Uh, you have to basically buy everything in advance. I quickly found out that, so they, I think it's like 11 o'clock maybe uh, in the morning, they start the sales for that day. And within minutes, they will start running out of their most popular beers. So wow. there were several beers in my cart that were already out by the time. And I, I was like three minutes in, like 11.03. Oh. Or, yeah. They were out of them already. It sounds very much like Monkish where they, they have a sale, you buy it. If you get it or don't, they let you know, and then you show up and they just load whatever it is in your car and you drive away. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The The location is absolutely beautiful, right on the coast of, of uh, basically entering Cape Cod, so right in New England. Uh, beautiful uh, uh, views of the ocean and and just great setting. I did overhear a bunch of locals talking about really questioning whether or not they they will be successful. So I think time will tell. But to I be think honest, the answer is yes. Yeah, the, the, the answer is yes. Are, like the locals can say whatever they want. Like the, the answer is yes. The beers are selling out and because people are going to drive there. Exactly. People have driven to the first location. They're going to drive to that location. Oh, that's like, absolutely right. They don't. I thought about driving like to they, Treehouse you, from Colorado. Like yeah, people are going to go to Treehouse wherever yeah. they can get it. Yeah. Wherever there are locations, they will go. If you build it, basically, like feel the exactly. dream status. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Absolutely right. Sorry to hijack your your great there. Andy. No, it's a great for all of us that you were yeah. able to get there and that you were able to send us some. So, I mean, it's a great for everybody. So we're going to close us out the only way we know how. Thanks for listening and peace. 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 peace.